Welcome to the latest edition of the Progressive Unity Podcast. And um, we've got Adam and Paul in the studio tonight, along with myself, Barry. How are we doing, fellas? Yeah, Evening. Not too bad. We all went to the game yesterday, EFL Cup, the Carabao Cup. Sunderland beat us 2-0. And we'll have a reflection back on that. And then we'll have uh, a look forward to the Cheltenham game on Saturday, the important game of the week. And we've got a cracking opposition fan interview with Murray Toms, friend of Wigan Athletic, who is the chief executive of Crowdfunder. Obviously, we use them during our administration period to raise some extra revenue to keep the, uh, the, the club afloat. Anyway, without further ado, the game last night. Bit disappointing, really, weren't it? Sitting next to you at the game, which is unusual. Uh, we kind of already had our discussions and we said that don't think there's going to be that much to talk about. It felt like a pre-season friendly. I'd say it's very, very one-sided game. Not going to have a go at any of the players who played and I'm not going to make an assessment of their ability on that because it's very difficult. I just thought Sunderland were the far superior team on the night. They deserve to win. But we've got some minutes into uh, players who we will need throughout this season. And we blooded a few more, you know, young players. Two debuts last night, Barry, which is great to see. So I'm not overly disappointed, you know. I, you know, I, I got my um, Wembley Hotel on a cancellation policy, so I've been able to get my money back for that. So not overly disappointed. Paul, I know you've been taking your daughter to the games. That's her first defeat. How did you take it? Uh, in the right way, in, in that she weren't happy, but... Also in the right way because it's you know it's a, a league cup. We've gone out. We we go out every year, don't we? Most of the time we go out around this time, don't we? So it's you know it's normal. She was all right. I I mean for me it was a reminiscent of the Warren Joyce era. Bit of offing, a bit of puffing. Opposition clearly better. There's a little bit of hope somewhere that you might grow into the game, but ultimately you don't, and it just peters out into a, a comfortable win for the opposition. There was a lot of changes there. We made nine changes to the outfield. It's only Jordan C- C- uh, Cousins who was playing from Saturday. There were players playing who'd never, probably didn't even know each other's first names. So it was it was completely new. Liam Richardson said the most important thing was to get 90 minutes into the legs, like Adam said. And and, and that's what they did. On Sunday, I, I said I had the feeling we were going to go out because I, I, I did. And I had a feeling that's the sort of side we would be pouring out one that you know, was going to be totally disjointed and perhaps not without any cohesion like we have, you know, in the first team. But there's something I, I want to talk about. I mean, team selection, he had to play them players. He had to play them. Uh, and this is what I want to mention. Go back 15, 20 years, there was a competition called the Central League where clubs put a reserve side in and it meant that experienced pros who weren't perhaps in the first starting eleven got to play a competitive game every week. And that kept everybody match fresh. And what they've done, they've got away with that to bring in the Development League, which is great for the kids. And they're playing games weekly and, and they, they have the competitions and, and what they're in and it gets them used to competitive football. But what about the squad members? What about your Gwen Evan uh, Edwards, your Jordan Joneses, your Stevie Humphreys? who's probably played between them. They've probably made 20 to 30 minutes league time this season. How do they keep match fresh if they're not playing competitive 
football week in week out and i think it's a it's something that we've we've lost i said something to, today to you adam and i can't remember what what I, what i said about it we've we've gained with the yeah, yeah the youth, the youth side of things have got a lot more now in terms of the developments uh, the developments what have got a lot more now in terms of different age groups you know the 18s and the 23s so the the the, the, the sort of pre professional and the immediate post professional there's they've got the well covered but those players who are on the edge of the squad don't have that much really do they you could see that last night when it with the intensity that they were playing at, because it, it it wasn't up there, it wasn't up there with what we've come to expect. And I think it's been a detriment to the first team squads, not just the Wigan Athletic, but possibly, you know, the rest of the league. And I mean, most clubs have squads of 20, don't they? 20, 23 players. Uh, they could put, you know, a reserve side out every week in, in a competition. I, I just, I don't know uh, why they stopped it, stopped it to well, me. I, um... I mean, what about Sunderland or what would you say about, I know they made slightly less changes. Um, do, do you think it was the fact that perhaps they they kept three or four of their stronger players in the side um, that, that almost carried the, I don't want to call them the also runs, the fringe players through, whereas we didn't really have those players to carry the fringe players through? Because clearly some of the Sunderland players will be the same as Wigan. They won't have played much this season. No, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, look at the bench. Our, our bench last night, they had Ross Stewart on there as the leading goal scorer. Our bench yeah. was made up of, of kids. That's that's who you know. It was they, made they, up of they kids. Had a, they had half a yard on. That was a choice, though, wasn't it? That was a Richardson choice. That's not yeah. a victim. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a go at Richardson, no. by the way. Not no. at all. You know, I understand what he's doing, but it was his choice. He could have. Uh, I remember the Paul Jewell kind of fringe sides he put out in the. Uh, Carlin Cup run of 2005-06 uh, that got us to the final. He played what you would say is a second team, but I always remember he had the likes of Jason Roberts, Jimmy Bullard on the bench, kind of bring those on. Uh, I think Roberts a couple of times in that cut run came on uh, and, and, and kind of did the job. I agree with you on the point of there's nothing there really now, apart from this for the squad players. That said, I do think that it is to an ele- there is an element of choice from the gaffer as to what you prioritise. He could have gone hybrid like he did against Bolton. I, I thought we put a decent side out against Bolton that would have competed in League One. Against Sunderland, we put a side out that has lots of players who will help us this season. But as a team, that side would not be good enough to push for promotion in League One. It probably would keep us in the league, but it wouldn't push for promotion in League One. So I think you've got to say partly the fact that we've not we, we need to get minutes into the legs of the fringe players because we'll need them at some point. It is a little bit Liam Richardson's choice to kind of say, well, this isn't our priority. Yeah, he's the manager, and he's got he's got a man. He's the manager, and he has to manage the club, and that's well, and he looks at the bigger picture. Um, and I know Paul's going to say something about that. Yeah, it's it's absolutely choice on Richardson's part. You you look at the Bolton game. You, you, you're trying to gel your first team, aren't you? you? You want minutes together on the pitch by what you perceive to be your first team. We don't need to gel them now. They seem to be gelling. So get all the other lads on. It's, it's just good common sense. I, either get game time with your first team where you need it. And when, when you think you, 
you kind of roughly where you want to be with your first team, put some game time in your second team. Yeah, it's a great it's a great discussion point, this Barry, that you brought up because it just shows how football has changed. Because you know, if you think about it back in even 20 years ago, there wasn't that really distinction, was there, between your league team and your cup team? You know, you pretty much throw your players out, wouldn't you? And you know, you'd you'd put what you've got available as your best team in for uh, a cup game in the same way that you would for a league game. Cried last night, not too bad, considering it didn't reach the dizzy eyes of the Bolton game, but 6,511 with 1,674 travelling down from Sunderland, which on a Tuesday night, and he was going to make several changes for a play to him, I'd say. Great from Sunderland, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, don't, they're a big club, aren't they? And they support, them, they support the club well, and I can't wait, really. I just can't wait to get up against them with a full strength side out later in the season and it could be an absolute belter at the you could we could be talking twenty thousand, couldn't we, at, at that stage of the season. I can't wait for that one, but that's a long time ahead yet, isn't it? Just some stats from last night. Possession we had 38%. Attempts, believe it or not, we had eight. I can only remember one. They had 15. Fouls we, we got pulled up 22 times. They got done 11 times. Yellows, for all our fouling, we only picked up one yellow. They picked up three. And our yellow was uh, Edwards. Right, just before we move on to the Cheltenham preview, uh, just some comments made by Pep Guardiola. He seems to have been going off on one uh, regarding the structure of the Football League in this country. And he's been saying about City, Chelsea, United, Arsenal, etc., etc., should be allowed to play their under-23s in leagues one and two. I understand where he's coming from, from the fact that he's coming from Spain and it might be something they do there. In Spain, they've only got two comp- competitive divisions where you look at our, our our structure and all the way down to the fifth level. There's clubs in that that league getting like two, three, four thousand for every game. I think the Notts County game the other week had about 11,000 on. And yet, when we play against teams like City under 23s, nobody wants to go because it's awful. And who's it going to benefit? It's only going to benefit the big clubs. It's not going to benefit football. It's not going to benefit the majority of football fans. My my thing is that there's a a kind of an organic feeder, isn't there, in a way, because there are certain sides that tend to feed the Premier League sides anywhere into... you know, relationships that have been set up by the, over the years. You know, you you always had the, like, linked crew in Liverpool, didn't you? And that's that's fine, you know, because it, in a sense, you know, traditional clubs can develop players and then get some money back for those players and re, reinvest it. There is nothing like Spain. It's nothing like Spain uh, where they can have B teams in the lower leagues. You know, if you look at, it, like you just said, our non-league structure, I can think of a couple of sides in our non-league who, in the last 10 years, have, have got further in competitions than the likes of, just off the top of my head, Newcastle. You know, that I'm sure there are other Premier League sides that I could easily name if I thought about it. You know, Sutton United and Lincoln City, you know, got, got further than those. It's because it's a competitive structure. English football is fantastic. The fact that you can, particularly when you look at the FA Cup, where you can put a, a tier five side and they can go to a Premier League side like Lincoln did at Burnley and win. It's just for me. And and if you start having Man City on the 23s, Man United on the 23s, 
it's just, it's an integrity issue for me. I know, like, culturally it might work in Spain, but I don't want bloody feeder teams in our lower leagues. Dead against it. I can't see any positives. So I'm happy for anyone of the listeners to challenge me on that, but I'm pretty sure that they won't. It's an absolute bloody nonsense. What you should be doing is limiting the number of young lads that could be hoovered up by these top teams. So those young lads have got a decision to make. Do I go to a top team and struggle to get games? Or do I go to a lower team, get games, and then get a transfer to the bigger team, which pipes the money down the pyramid? There is no integrity to it. Limit them. We've seen what's happened in the uh, the pizza trophy. Nobody goes, nobody's interested in going and watching yeah. their under-23 game. It'll kill clubs. Guardiola is interested in Manchester City, full stop. That's all it yep. is. And if any City fans come out and champion what he's saying, then they want to take a good long stir in that mirror from where well, they they're, come they're, from 20 years ago. Yeah, they're doing exactly the same thing, aren't they? The yeah. interest of their club and nothing else. He's, talk, he's talking talking nonsense. Yeah. Right, Chelsea on Saturday. It's first against ninth. Right then, let's do some ref watch, seeing as this seems to be my spot now. Um, the ref on Saturday will be Josh Smith, who's another select Group 2 referee. Um, he's been fast-tracked in his third season as a league official. This is his second Latics game, having refed us versus Northampton at the DW last season, which was a 3-2 defeat, where he booked three Latics players, Pierce, Crankshaw and Joe Garner. This season, he's refed eight games, issuing 31 yellows, two reds and giving one penalty. His last game was Saturday. Cardiff nil, Bournemouth won where he gave out six yellows, three apiece. Cheers, Paul. Over to me for the previous meetings. Uh, not going to take too long because we've met Cheltenham time twice. One win, one draw, zero defeats. Many people might remember the um, famous first day of the season, 2-0 win uh, at uh, Wadden Road, uh, obviously in our championship season. I think it was Liddell and McCulloch. And then... Very surprisingly, because I think they were a side that hovered around the bottom that season in a home match reverse fixture on the 1st of February of that year, right near Barry's birthday, we drew 0-0 at the DW uh, Stadium. So we haven't conceded a goal uh, against them. But conversely, Cheltenham have yet to concede a goal at the DW Stadium. That's correct, Adam. And it's uh, it's a stat worth pointing out um, because this season they've been uh, they've been quite mean in that defence as well. So although on paper I think it's a game that we should be winning, it might be a bit tough. I believe we've got a special guest in this evening as well. Absolutely, yeah. It's a pleasure tonight um, to get Murray Toms in. The work that he did with us and the help that he provided, as you mentioned earlier, Barry with the crowdfunder, really good to listen to this as well. He hasn't forgotten as well where we were, you know, last season. And he, you know, he's genuinely happy that we've survived. And, you know, we, we know there are a lot of good people in football and uh, Murray's certainly one of those. So really, really glad that he can join us tonight. I'm really interested to hear his views on the Wigan Athletic and Cheltenham game at the DW Stadium on Saturday. We're really happy with the way that the season has started. Um, I think every Cheltenham fan would would be over the moon to be in ninth place, a point off the playoffs, and and four points behind Wigan, who who have quite clearly made such a 
a good start to the season. Um, you know, we won the league last year. Um, it's the first time we've we, we've we've won a league in the football league. Um, we broke new ground there, and this season we've we've carried a bit of that sort of togetherness and quality into into the campaign. We've come from behind to beat Ipswich um, on, on on a famous night at Wadham Road a few uh, weeks back, and 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 a fortnight ago we we went to Charlton and we 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 thrashed them. I think we we played very well and we ran out deserved winners and probably should have won by more. So it's clear that we are uh, here on merit, um, that, you know, that we can compete in this league. We, we're hard to beat. Uh, we, we, we don't let too many goals in. And we've, I think we scored in every game we've played so far, which is, which is really encouraging because I think over the summer there was probably some concern among the fan base around like, where goals were going to come from. Um, I think expectation isn't too high around the place. I think survival. I think most fans would be happy with that. But I think Michael Duff is is you know he 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 was already a uh, a hero at the club for for what he did as a player um, under Steve Cottrell, and he's returned and the transformation in the club um, in the three years that he's been here has been quite phenomenal and. He's a very impressive individual. He's a very focused individual, and you know he 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 will not want to just survive in this league. He will want to uh, finish as high as he possibly can. Um, I think this is a, a golden time for Cheltenham Town fans, uh, and I think I think what we need to make sure we do this season is enjoy it. I think we need to enjoy what's happening at the club right now because quite clearly. Um, it doesn't happen too often to us. You know, this is our fifth season now in League One. Um, and I think the highest we've ever finished was 17th. So the way we've started and the way it's sort of starting to feel around the place, I, th- I think we're capable of yet again breaking new ground with this manager and with this squad. So, yeah, it's, it's all very, very encouraging at the moment. But clearly there's... Um, there's a long way to go, and we know that. I think Carl Joseph has already endeared himself to Cheltenham Town fans. He scored on his debut against MK Dons, and, and it was a really, really well-taken goal uh, from about 18 yards. Look it up if you can. And I think he's he's impressed on it on it, on the three times I think he's 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 made an appearance. You know what what Michael Duff has has a, has a really good track record of is is working with young players. Uh, that arrive on loan at Cheltenham Town. We we don't have the resources of a of a Wigan or a Sunderland or a Sheffield Wednesday or a Portsmouth, um, so we rely on 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 smart uh, work in, in 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 the loan market. And I think that the young players that arrive at Wadham Road uh, are sort of they 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 get their chance and and they they go away uh, better players. And I think. That's what will probably happen with with Carl. I think he he will get his chance uh, this year because we 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 don't have a deep squad, and I think he will he will he will become a bit of a star around the place. I'm looking forward to seeing seeing how he gets on. If you'd have asked me at the start of the week for two players to keep an eye out for this weekend, I would have said to you Callum Wright, um, our young loan midfielder from Leicester City, who started the season so impressively has weighed in with goals, has quite quickly become a fan's favourite. And I would have said Will Boyle, who's such an important part of what we do defensively, also chips in with important goals from 
set pieces is such a threat in the box, um, and has become and has grown into a, into a real leader in in the in the several seasons that he's been with us. Unfortunately, though, we found on Tuesday night that they're both injured. We've lost Will for up to a month, and Callum faces a longer spell on the sideline. So, in their absence, I would say keep an eye out for Chris Hussey um, at left wing back. He um, is a fantastic player, a, a real mercurial talent, and is probably capable of playing at championship level. Um, he, you know, he's, he's, he's an important part of the def- of the defence, which is which is sort of rarely breached, um, and creates plenty of chances down the left. Is more than capable of bringing a little bit of magic to um to, to open up an opportunity. So and he perfectly complements Matty Blair, who's a totally different type of player on the on the right, um, who's far more of a walk workhorse. So I, I would say Chris Hussey and, and Liam Circum in, in midfield. He's a an absolute Rolls Royce of a midfielder for us. We, we 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 took him from Bristol Rovers last season and was a another really, really important part of what we did to win the league last year. So those are two players to keep an eye out for. I don't know a huge amount about the Wigan squad, but you know, at a glance, you look at players like Charlie White, James McLean, Max Power, young players like James Carragher. There's there's so much pedigree in that squad, and it, I think, it just sort of serves to underline the the kind of the gulf in resources between Wigan and the clubs at the top of League One, perhaps, and and and, and clubs like Cheltenham. Um, but you know we thrive on we thrive on 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 that underdog tag i guess we you know we we have a belief in what we do and you know i think we will we will give you a very good game on saturday i'm really looking forward to saturday on a personal note um it was it was an absolute pleasure to 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 play a really small part in in what was achieved at wigan last year through crowdfunder which is the the business that i'm involved with um you know, it was a, it was a real show of fan strength and and just the sort of how important that club is to the community up there. So, I'm looking forward to to, to meeting everybody and um, for the first time, despite everything we've already done. Um, but in terms of the game, um, we're expecting a tough one. Obviously, Wigan, top of the table, likely promotion contenders, have a really good shout. Probably winning the league this year. I mean, our expectations are are, are slimmer this year, um, but we started well and we're hard to beat, um, although we do have a few injuries. So when we first visited, or the only other time we visited um, the Wigan in the league before was 2003 in our first season in League One, uh, we drew nil-nil and I suspect that most people would probably take that result right now if it was offered to us. Um, I think it's going to be a, clearly a difficult game on Saturday. Um, I travel more in hope than expectation. So, you know, here's to an entertaining 6 or draw. Um, but I suspect it, it, it might be a, a win for Wigan on the day. Very, very interesting. Uh, enjoyed that. Um, I like the bit that you did on Kyle Joseph. Uh, the, the rating, as we did. Um, I think it's massive shock that he actually ended up on loan at a League One size for me. I think he's above that level and should have developed, but that's fair play to Cheltenham. Uh, sounds like Duff, the manager, is developing young players. Everything he said was fantastic, but 
His score prediction of six all was a little bit odd. Um, I think uh, I don't really need to delve into the stats to say that we've never had a six all at the DW Stadium before. I don't know if Wigan Barry will know more because he goes back, you know, he goes back to the Harry Lyon days. I'm sure he, he, he'll know if there's ever been a 6-6 six, six, uh, involving Wigan Athletic. I think there's been a 6-3, as we know, when we played Chester. I think was that a, as close as we got? You've got to be game, yeah. I can't think of anything else. I know we lost 6-0 against Bristol Rovers, but I can't remember a 6 all. Team selection, well, I think that's an easy one, really. I think we'll uh, we'll be unchanged from Saturday, but definitely changed from Tuesday. <laughs> just just like hypothetically, because the team selection seems too easy at the moment. If Will Keane did not play and he was injured, who would you who would you bring in? Um, whew, possibly Stevie Humphries to play in the Callum Lang role and move Callum Lang inside a little bit. Just switch it around like that. Let Callum play the number ten. Yeah, we've got options there, haven't we? We've got yeah. options. If, if but I, I mean, so far I think we've been saying he's been outstanding, hasn't he? Well, and if he's missing, then we will be a weaker side without him, just because he, he's been so good. But we do have players that can come in and do a job. Like when Nick Power was injured, he was outstanding, but we still had great players who could do a job if he was injured. And I think that's where we are at the moment. Paul, do you want to start us off with predictions? Saying that Cheltenham have never conceded at the DW, we've yeah. never scored against them at the DW. Both teams have scored in every league game this season, haven't they? <laughs> it's the unstoppable yeah. force, uh, the unstoppable force, and the immovable object. So I, I'm not going to go with uh, with Moria with six apiece. I'm going to go. I'll go for a repeat of Saturday. So, but this time to the home team. So four-one Latics. Adam. Before before I heard from Murray, I thought this would be a really, really tight game. Uh, they've got I mean, a couple of their lone players exceptional so far this season, but they're both injured. They just don't have the strength in depth that we have. I think Murray was more or less right, but I will go Wigan Athletic 6, Cheltenham Town 0. I'm just looking at some odds here, and that, Adam, is, is 275 to 1. For a 6-0 Wigan Athletic win. Right, I'm gonna have a can of cider on that. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna win. I think it's, it's gonna be quite comfortable. I noticed Owen Evans hasn't been playing for him apart from in the cup game, so he's he's not the number one. Uh Carl Joseph will play. I'm gonna go 3-0. I'll go 3-0 to the Latics, which is 14 to 1. I'll just run through a few of the odds very quickly for people who like a bet. I mean, uh, I, I never bet on football, never. But uh, one nil is uh, six to one, two nil fifteen to two, and a two one Latics win seventeen to two, three nil fourteen to one. Uh, it's uh, one apiece is twenty nine to four, and Cheltenham to win one nil is twelve to one, two one sixteen to one. And like I said, the uh, the big one, the six nil Latics win. 275 to 1. Stick 10p on that. You'll not go too far on. That brings us to the end of this edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. And we'll look forward to uh, the Sunday Cheltenham review when we can see how close to that 6-0 we actually got and all that Adam up to account for putting the jinx on us. Till Sunday, up the ticks. Up the ticks. (laughs) 